Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, July the 21st, 2020. It is currently 10.03 a.m. Central Time. And yes, I'm live on the air, but this this is going to be interesting. I'm live on the air for really two different podcasts. I'm live on the air for the Currently On podcast, and I'm live on the air for the Theology Central podcast. And this live episode is being recorded and then will be uploaded to both podcasts, Theology Central and Currently On. So let me explain. Currently On is a podcast dedicated to, I think you can probably guess it, what is currently on? I talk about movies, TV shows, podcasts, books, sports, professional wrestling. If it's on, I talk about it. Theology Central is a podcast dedicated to, oh, come on, come on, you you can guess. Oh, yes, theology. I try to show how theology is central to basically anything and everything. So two very two very different podcasts with kind of, you know, obviously a different purpose, a different approach. But this is a situation where the topic really fits both. And we're going to, I'm just going to record this and share this to both podcasts. And well, if you are a Theology Central podcast listener and you're interested in the Currently On podcast, you can subscribe to the Currently On podcast on pretty much most podcasting apps, Apple, Google, it's pretty much it's pretty much everywhere. It's it's. I mean, I'm still working on on making sure it gets on all the major platforms. It takes when you, uh, the currently on podcast is still very new. So when you start a podcast from you know right from the very beginning, you know starting you know from the ground up, well, it takes a long time to build that and and to get that to get the podcast to everywhere you want it to be. So, but currently on if you're inter- if the Theology Central listeners are interested currently on, I would be happy to have you. We talk about, well, what's what's on. And of course, we do I do talk about it in a different way in the sense that if you're a Theology Central uh podcast listener, you know how I'm going to talk about things. I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to look at the message behind it. I'm going to go deeper into it. Doesn't matter if it's a song, doesn't matter if it's a movie, doesn't matter if it's a TV show, it, it doesn't matter if it's a sporting event. I'm I'm always looking and analyzing. And so that you'll be used to that. The currently on uh podcast listeners may not be used to that, but if you want to hear me talk more about theology, Christianity, the Bible, doctrine, and all of those types of things, then you can subscribe to the Theology Central podcast, which is available on every podcast platform on the earth and possibly a few podcast platforms outside of the earth on other planets. Okay. Now I've just spent a lot of time getting the Theology Central podcast everywhere I could possibly get it. If I, if, if it was possible to put it there, I, I got it there. And if it wasn't possible, I've begged and pleaded and tried. And, and what's weird is the, the one platform where the Theology Central podcast hasn't really been available is those podcast apps that are dedicated to just Christian podcast. We've yet to receive a response from any of those platforms. I've emailed multiple times that I don't even bother to, to respond to me. So I, I I guess our podcast is not acceptable for for Christian podcast sites. We're we're acceptable for everything else, but not not Christian podcast sites. I, I don't. That's really bizarre to me. But that but that's okay. So so this is a special episode for the Theology Central podcast, the currently on podcast, and we're going to talk today about the Netflix the Netflix series Warrior Nun. Now, if you've been listening to the Currently Odd podcast, you know I've spent a lot of time on this series. I've, I have found the series to be extremely interesting. And if you've watched, if you've listened to me or if you've read anything or if you've watched Warrior Nun, you know that theology, the Bible, plays a central part of its narrative. It plays a central part to the story. It's all over the place. Uh, obviously, it's a story. You've got the Catholic Church. You've got religion. You've got uh, the Bible. You've got demons. You've got, you, I mean, you've got so many elements. So it makes it perfect for the Theology Central podcast. And I think it makes it a, an interesting thing a, a, an interesting thing to discuss on the currently on podcast because I've looked at all the reviews about uh, Warrior Nun and all the different an- analysis of it, and I think in many cases they're missing out on the theology. They're missing out on that, 
and they're just looking at it as a, a young adult drama with action. And I'm like, well, there, there's an entire theological realm here that needs to be discussed. So that's why these two are together today. And hopefully I can provide you some interesting analysis. All right. So first, let's back up, make sure everyone's on the same page. All right. From both podcasts, let's make sure everyone's on the page. So here's the basic information you need to know. Warrior Nun is an American fantasy drama web television series based on the comic book character Warrior Nun. All right. So it's a it's a, a, a fantasy drama web television series currently on Netflix. All right. Based on a comic book character Warrior Nun. It was originally developed as a feature film adaptation. The idea was reimagined as a television series for Netflix when the service had given the production a series order for its first season. Filming took place in multiple locations in Spain. The series debuted on July the 2nd, 2020 on Netflix to positive reviews. So it debuted on July the 2nd. Obviously, it's July the 21st. And I know what some of you may be thinking. Well, typically when people do their reviews, what they do is they watch the whole thing and then they review the the entire series. I, I don't do that because I don't do the whole binge watching. I'm not not into binge watching. I want to watch a show and I'm going to take my time with it. I'm going to I'm going to watch it, I'm going to think about it, I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to analyze it and then I'll move on to the next one. Now I may move through the series relatively quick, but rarely that I'm am I going to watch more than one episode in a day. Sometimes I may watch two episodes in a day, but that is not my approach. I like to take time. I like to I like to try to enjoy the series. I like to let it develop. I like to I like to really think about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, it's like it's not a I'm not I'm not in a sprint. I'm not just the goal when I watch a show is not to get to the end. The goal is to enjoy the journey. Right. The, the, the even reading a book, the goal is not just to finish it. It's to enjoy it. It's to understand it. It's to think about it. It's to an, analyze it. It's to it's to try to figure out what the writers and the directors were really trying to get across. Um, even when I listen to an album, the, the goal is not just to see how quickly I can finish the album. It's to it's to really think about it. So that's my approach. So guess what? Obviously, I'm not here to tell you about the entire series. I'm here to tell you about one particular episode. And that's what we're going to be focusing on. But let me give you a little bit more information. All right. Warrior Nun revolves around the story of a 19-year-old woman who wakes up in a morgue with a new lease on life and a divine artifact embedded in her back. She discovers she is now part of the ancient order of the cruciform sword that has been tasked with fighting demons on earth and powerful forces representing both heaven and hell want to find and control her. All right. That is the basic premise of the show. The 19 year old female, she is basically the prota- uh, the she's basically the protagonist in the show. She's she's really the, the central character. She's the she's kind of the, you know, the good guy. I, I, I guess that's a good way of, of describing her. She's kind of the hero of the story, but she's definitely conflicted. She's definitely conflicted. The antagonist of the story, the kind of the bad guys. Well, definitely you have demons, obviously, but you have just a lot of questionable, you have a lot of people with questionable questionable motives, um, power hungry, greedy, uh, focused on self. So you have this kind of a lot, a lot of the characters are are definitely morally conflicted and it adds to a lot of, of the narrative and the drama. Now, you may find the premise of the show to be a little over the top. You kind of roll your eyes and go, well, that's a stupid show with based off a comic book. And what, so you got some girl who's going to fight demons and whatever. I, I can understand. I can understand that that from the from the surface level, that's what it looks like. But I think there's something deeper going on. And because of the theology and the Bible connected with it, I think it's worth at least understanding and taking your time to consider. All right. Now, just a couple of things to, to remind you about the show. It is TV mature. 
definitely has explicit language. Definitely. And the, the, the episode that I just finished, the most current episode that I just watched, definitely, uh, finally, uh, the 19-year-old and her romantic interest, they come together. It's not explicit, but clearly you know what happens. So just I'm letting you know that content in case you don't want to watch it for that particular reason. Language. Uh, again, the sexuality has not been explicit. Obviously, it was present in the most current episode. And another thing to to at least be aware of, there's definitely some violence. I haven't felt like the violence was over the top, um, but it's definitely uh, in, intense. It's definitely uh, a young adult drama. You've got uh, a lot of the, the central character and a lot of the characters in it are young adults. So you have this idea of being young, trying to figure out life, coming of age, um, experiencing things for the first time, you know, relationships. So you've got a lot of that kind of element thrown in. But again, surrounding it, underneath it, all the way through it is this idea of theology and the Bible. Let me explain. If you have not heard any of my previous discussions about this, this is very important to understand about the show because I think a lot of people may miss this. If you pay close attention when you get ready to watch an episode on Netflix, if you decide to watch it, please note the title of each episode. Let me give you an example. Episode one, you know what the title of episode one was? Psalms 46.5. Psalms 46.5, that was the title of episode one. I tell you, even the title of each episode is taken from Scripture. Title for episode two, Proverbs 31.25. The title for episode three, Ephesians 6.11. The title for episode four, Ecclesiasticus 26.9 through 10. Ecclesiasticus is an apocryphal book. I did a whole discussion about that episode. Which, that brings me to episode five, which I watched last night. Episode five, and guess what the title is? Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Let me read for you Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. So you'll know where where they took the title of the uh, the episode uh, from. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 reads this way. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. So enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Now, if you watch uh, episode five, you're going to, you're going to, and you read that scripture, you're going to catch on really quick. Oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. We got this idea of a gate and you're, you're going to catch on relatively quick. I don't like to give spoilers, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to simply give you some of the major themes in this episode and throw out some thoughts that I think uh, I think will help you, will get more out of it. But what I'm really, my real goal here is there is one theme. All right, there is one theme in episode five. That when, when the scene happened, when the scene happened, it, it's like, Boom. It's like, you know, sometimes when you watch a show and the show just slaps you across the face with, with a particular message or a particular idea or a particular theme, and sometimes that theme hits you, you connect with it, it's so powerful that you almost you almost forget or ignore the everything else that happens after because you are consumed with that. Well, maybe you've never experienced that, but for me, in this particular case, when, when this scene happened last night, I was like, whoa, wow, that, this is a theme I could explore and a lot of podcasts. This is a theme I could really, 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 really try to unpack and think about, and analyze, and talk about, and I hope that you, I, I hope you feel the same way. I think maybe the listeners of the Theology Central podcast, I think maybe this theme will be more, will, will mean more to them than maybe the currently on uh, listeners, who, who knows, 
maybe it'll maybe it will appeal to everyone, but I think it's it's very powerful. So so we're really going to take this apart. But before we get there, let's go through some major themes that developed in episode five and that I think continue that kind of brought the story forward. All right. So this is very this is very important. One of the major, 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 major themes and warrior nun has been this idea that the the 19 year old, the, 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 the central character in the story, she is confronted with two very, two very clear choices, right? Two very clear paths. Path number one, live for herself. Pursue self-pleasure, self-gratification, pursue her desires, her dreams, choose what she wants to do, exp- choose what she wants to experience, live for self. And she's struggling because that's what she really, really wants. But right there, there's a separate path that she is confronted with over and over and over again. And this path says, there is a purpose outside of yourself. It is a purpose that's going to require you to sacrifice what you want, sacrifice your desires, sacrifice your pleasure, because you're going to have to pursue a purpose that is higher than you, that is transcendent to you, that is Well, spiritual in nature, you are called to serve God, to fight demons, to to give up your life for this greater purpose and this greater cause. And she's 19 and she doesn't want this transcendent spiritual path of of self-sacrifice. She wants to indulge self. She wants to please self. She wants to live for self. And that is this theme has reappeared over and over and over and over, and it appears again in this episode. Once again, she is confronted. She's trying her best to live for herself. She's running. I mean, it's she's running from this other calling. She's running from this other purpose. And well, they they well, let's just say the purpose comes to get her. Let's let's just say that the purpose comes to get her, and she uh, she also gets confronted. Um, in a very powerful way with the reality of uh, hell, with the reality of demons. Now, uh, the demon does show up, and and, and I, I don't want to give too much away. I will argue that I'm I'm not a big fan of the of the way they show the demons. It's maybe it's too comic bookish. Maybe maybe it just to me it takes away from the. The, the powerful idea of a demon, it just, it tries to, it t- makes it a little too comic bookish. So that's my only criticism of it. But in a powerful scene, finally, this 19-year-old female is confronted with, there are demonic forces out there and she gets confronted with it. And so now the reality of her choices become very clear. And let me read the passage again, Matthew seven thirteen. Enter in at the straight gate. The straight gate is going to be following this spiritual, religious, theological, God-focused path. That's the straight gate. But the other gate that she could take, take is wide, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. If she, if she decides not to follow the straight gate, the straight path, if she chooses not to go through the straight gate and go through the wide gate, well, it, the, the implication is it's going to be death and destruction. And she's going to have to make this choice. And in a roundabout way, well, I, I think in a roundabout way, she is now confronted with the reality, but you'll see she runs off again. She, I mean, she. it doesn't matter how many times she's confronted with the reality of this, she just keeps running. And I think that there, the show is in danger. It won't take long before the protagonist is going to be someone you're going to get very irritated with. I hope that doesn't happen, but we will see. We will see. So this theme of these these two paths, these two gates, these two roads is showing up over and over and over again. Also in in this episode, episode Matthew 7, 13, we see the battle between science and religion. This battle between science and religion is, showing up over and over and over. And this this battle between science and religion is not just a battle of ideologies. It's a battle of now power. It's a war. It's, a, it's even described in the episode as a war. And now violence is happening. Actual violence, stealing, killing. It's, it's literally a war that has, is taking place between science 
and religion. But here's the interesting thing. This battle surrounds the idea of a gate, of a doorway, of a, of a portal. And the, the science wants to create a portal, a path, a gate to heaven, right? To heaven. And you can enter their portal to get to heaven. And the church is saying, no, that portal is not going to, it's not going to lead you to heaven. It's going to lead you to hell. It's going to lead you to destruction. And the church is saying, if you want heaven, you've got to enter the straight gate through, through the church. Pretty, and around, and I'm trying to simplify it, but a, a pretty simple way. And this imagery is clear in this episode. So that's why it's named Matthew 7, 13. Think about it. The the, the protagonist, the central character, she's confronted with basically, do I enter the gate that I can live for my own life and get what I want? And the the warning sign in the show is you can, but it's going to be destruction. Or do I enter through the straight gate? If I go through the straight gate, I am, quote unquote, fulfilling this divine purpose on my life, but I'm going to have to sacrifice self. I can't take everything I want with me through that straight gate. Then the same idea shows up between this battle between religion and science. Science is like, hey, follow our gate to eternal life to heaven. And the church is saying, no, that's going to lead you straight to hell. And the church is saying, no, come come to the straight gate to get eternal life through the way the church tells you to, to obtain it. So this idea of gate, this idea of path, is, is shown over and over and over, and I think it's very clear in this episode. Another, a third very important theme is you'll see in this, in this episode, you, the religious, the church, you will see its, its obsession with power, with politics, and there is division within the church. And I, I was afraid that they were going to kind of go, I, I think in a roundabout way, I don't know how they're going to pull this off in the narrative, okay? Because in some ways, they seem to want to make the religious side somewhat somewhat more sympathetic, at least in part, at least in a way. Not completely, but in a way. But the church, they are almost demonstrating them as being selfish, as being power-hungry and politics. However, the show acknowledges the reality of demons so if the if demons are real, then that means the church is right. And even though the church is divided and it's got some problems, they are fighting to stop the demons. So so like should that not make the church look a little bit better, a little bit more heroic, but they almost portray them in a somewhat of a negative light. But there is division within the church, so there are some that seem to have the right mindset and others that do not, which is the reality of everything is, is there, I mean, that is just the reality. I mean, I think there's reality there, but we could explore that. But all of that leads to what I really want to talk about. Okay. I've spent, I've spent um, 23 minutes to get to this. Oh, this was so powerful. Here is this absolutely powerful scene. Let me set it up for you. You have a cardinal for the Roman Catholic church. All right. He's, he's kind of taking more power, taking a greater position because the one priest that is supposed to be in charge of this order to help stop, you know, to fight these demons and to take care of everything. The cardinal, and I guess those in the Vatican, believes this priest is not doing it the right way. He's not being aggressive enough, if not using enough force, whatever. The priest is, is almost shown as trying to be more spiritual, trying to be more humble, trying to be more compassionate trying to truly find out what God wants. The cardinal and the leadership, the unspoken leadership of the Vatican, which is never really shown, the cardinal kind of represents them. They seem more concerned about image, power, position. So you see this kind of division already happening, and that, that's our, our previous point. But this all leads to this dramatic scene. Here's the cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church. And he's speaking to this nun. Now, what the cardinal wants is for this nun to basically say that she is loyal and she's going to be faithful to him and the church 
In other words, hey, you're going to do what I'm going to need you to do what I'm going to need you to do, because basically we're going to have to take over and around about we're going to have to get rid of this other priest and we're going to have to there's going to have to be some changes. And we're going to and, and if you if you're with me and you're loyal, and you're faithful, you'll be kind of right there on the ground level in the new changes and the new way things are going to work. So this cardinal wants this nun to say to him that he in fact, he asked asked. I'm asking you, will you be loyal and will you be faithful to me and the church? All right. And the nun responds, oh, it's, it, man, this is so awesome to me. She responds, I will be faithful. I will be loyal to God. She doesn't promise loyalty or faithfulness to him. She does not promise loyalty or faithfulness even to the church. She promises loyalty and faithfulness to God. And the expression on the face of the cardinal when she says that is he's not super happy with it. Now, he doesn't say anything. He just, he, the, the, the power of the scene is in his facial expressions, and then he turns and walks away. And as soon as that scene happened, now we could talk about how this would work within Catholicism and and we could get into a whole discussion about that. But from a theological standpoint, I immediately saw that and was like, whoa, that is a powerful thought. And that is a powerful concept. What happens when you as a Christian who wants to be loyal to God, loyal to what the scriptures actually teach, find yourself in conflict with the church or in conflict with Christianity in general. Like what happens when it feels like Christianity is more loyal to other agendas Christianity, and just saying in general, not, I'm, just, just, I'm just using this in a general way, that Christianity, that the church at large seems to be more dedicated and committed to a different agenda, to power, to position, to popularity, to fame, and they don't, and, and they don't seem interested in doing anything that the Bible would tell you to be interested in. They, like the, the Bible, the, the Bible is just, overlooked. God is overlooked. Now they're claiming they're doing it all for God. They're claiming they're doing it all for the right reason, but it seems more more about power and politics and position and fame and popularity and faithfulness to God is just terminology used, but it's not a concept truly sought. What happens when you as a Christian find yourself going, wait, do I, do I, Am I going to be faithful to God and to, and, to, and to the truth of Scripture? Or am I going to be faithful to this big, this big uh, organization, this big idea of, 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 of this, this idea of Christianity, the, the public idea of Christianity? Let me give you, let me give, try to break it down this way. In the Bible, if you read the New Testament, you find this very interesting concept that happens over and over in the New Testament. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, who was incarnated, took upon human flesh to come to ultimately to give his life to die so that you know we could be saved by grace through faith by trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Here's God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, and his conflict over and over and over in the New Testament is with the religious, with the religious leaders of a religious system. He is in conflict, and it seems that in many cases the religious leaders were more preoccupied with the system, more preoccupied with their position, with their with their position before the people, power. That, that, that seems to be the thing they were preoccupied with, position and power and popularity with the people, control over the people. And Jesus found himself in conflict with them over and over and over, and he basically stated over and over that you you guys are not really following God. You're not really following his word. You, you're taking and manipulating his word. You're, you're taking and manipulating the idea of God for your, for your organization, for your power, for your position. And this conflict happens throughout the New Testament. Jesus versus the religious leaders is a major theme that is revisited over and over and over. I mean, anyone who reads the Bible will, will tell you that is true. Okay, well, if that was true then, 
today as a Christian, do you find yourself in conflict? Do people really care about what you're supposed to do? And I have found myself in, in this conflict over and over. I guess maybe that's why this has hit me so much. I, I have found myself, I'll give you an example. I preached a, a famous sermon, an infamous sermon. I was, I was not yet, I was... I wasn't a pastor yet. Um, the, 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 what was being set up was for me to get out of the United States military. And I was going to be, kind of become the associate pastor for a church in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska. And it was pastor appreciation night. And so we were supposed to cut the sermon short. Imagine that. We're going to cut the teaching of God's word short so, uh, so that we can go, go downstairs and shove some cake down our throats and have a little get together so we can, uh, quote unquote, appreciate the pastor. Well, you already know how I feel about that. We shouldn't be cutting short the preaching of God's word because that's what the church is really about. Okay, but all right. So I was asked to preach. I'm like, okay, pastor appreciation thing. Now, I know what was expected of me. I was supposed to stand up and talk about how, how you know, great the pastor is and we should be all be thankful and, you know, find just some, some, some you know, just find a scripture that was, you know, not confrontational, you know, nothing, you know, super, just super positive, a little 15-minute talk that really didn't, wasn't going to amount to anything. You know, 15-minute talk that no one was supposed to remember uh, 16, on the 16th minute. As soon as the uh, I speak for 15 minutes and the 16th minute, everyone's forgotten it. It's just words, okay? Just a meaningless exercise in futility. And I don't play those games. I don't play those games. So I decided to approach it this way. What's the point? of a pastor appreciation where we all go down and hand out cards and say a bunch of meaningless and futile words when we don't demonstrate uh, appreciation to the pastor on a weekly basis. We don't demonstrate appreciation to a pastor when people pull up at the church and they walk in and they don't even have a Bible in their hands and they don't even bother to bring a Bible because they're not, not, not really going to participate in the actual teaching of God's word. And, I, and, and for, for that uh, illustration, I gave the example of, of countless teenagers who came to the church on a, on a Sunday, didn't even bother to bring a Bible. So you're sitting there in the pew, the pastor is supposed to be preaching the Bible, but no one's going to open a Bible because I guess they don't care enough. I used another illustration, you know, 300 people show up here on a Sunday morning, okay, less than 100 of you show back up on a Sunday night and less than 50 of you show up on a Wednesday, well, that's not showing the pastor any kind of appreciation. And I, and I really went off on, on this whole, like we're going to say we're appreciating the pastor for a worthless ceremony, for a worthless little event. How about we show true appreciation to a pastor in the following ways? Well, let's just say that was the end of my career. People got so angry at me. People got so mad at me that that was it. I was told that I, I, could, I could no longer be accepted to be the associate pastor. I'd basically preached myself out of a position. Now I, now, I had every opportunity right there to preach myself into the position. I had every opportunity there to preach myself into the good graces of those of the church, and I did not do so. Done. So that ended my career there. That was the end. Another example, I'm on Christian radio. I use the opportunity to, go, to, to uh, talk about what some of the churches are doing and, and demonstrate that what they're doing is not biblical. Guess what happened? I get kicked off Christian radio. I can give you countless examples of where that happens to me. Where, okay, do I, am I going to be loyal to Scripture? Am I going to try to focus on the Scripture? Or do I play the, polit the political games? Do I play the games? Early on in my Christian life, same thing happened. I was being set up to, to uh, move into the uh, parsonage uh, for the church. They were going to help pay for some school. Uh, everything was supposed to go well with me. I was really being set up for, for, to get into the ministry early on. Everything was going to be set up for me. And guess what? I would not stop asking doctrinal and theological questions and I wasn't getting the doctrinal theological answers that I wanted. So instead of sacrifice, instead of just shutting up and just accepting with what they told me, even though their answers weren't very good, I, I wouldn't accept that. And so I gave up the, the possible future of a position and, 
and and in being able you know to to, to get into the ministry uh, sooner, I decided nope. I'm not going to play these games. I'm going to go try to find the answers. And so I pursued a path of pursuing doctrinal and theological knowledge, uh, even though it made whatever group I was in, sometimes I wouldn't agree with that group because I was like, no, I don't want, I don't want just your, your, your standard answer. I want us to really do theology. I want us to really think about this and struggle with it. No, that ended that. Over and over and over in my Christian life, I have been confronted with this idea, what are you going to be loyal to? What are you going to be faithful to? Are you going to be loyal to, to, to us? Are you going to be loyal to our group? Are you going to be loyal to, to our position? Are you, and I've never, I am not going to be loyal to that. I'm going to try, I'm trying to be loyal to the scriptures and to God. And it's always placed me in this weird conflict. And I think many Christians find themselves at times going, huh, now, I understand that there's got to be a balance here, and I'm not, please don't think in any way, shape, or form, am I saying that I always handled these situations in a correct way. I did not. Young, foolish, at times dumb. But even if I would have possibly handled them a little better, I still would have taken the same approach that I'm not just going to be silenced and go along with the game so that I can get position and I can get power and I can get advancement and I can get this or get that. I'm not going to play that game because it, it should be about the pursuit of truth. It should be about the pursuit of answers. It should be about the pursuit of trying to find out what God has to say in his word. That's what would, should be the most important. But so many times it turns into like, here's the organization. Here's the status quo. Here's the template. You follow this. Don't rock the boat. Don't, you, you, you follow the party line. And if you don't follow the party line, you're in trouble. I, the, the, the first church I was ordained in, I got myself in trouble there because once again, I wouldn't follow the party line. They had these weird rules that, that were self-contradictory and didn't make any sense. St- things were being stated from the pulpit that were blatantly false and could be proved to be false. I mean, literally making statements about an organization or making statements about what someone believed. And then you go check it out. And you're like, that's absolutely fraudulent and false. And then therefore I was proving myself to be disloyal because I should have just kept my mouth shut and went with the party line. And, and it's like, I'm not playing the get political games. And it, and it, and I have felt my whole life that Christianity is about political games. I remember being, a. Uh, you know, I was in Bible college. Uh, I was enrolled in multiple Bible colleges at the time. You know, I was doing some preaching and I went to this conference and here's all these pastors and I'm this young, quote unquote, preacher boy to use that term. And it's like, I was just looking for the, like, I, I wanted to be a part of these guys. And it's like, I was just ignored because I, you know, I didn't have the right name and I didn't have the right position. And it's like, it just felt like, so what do I have to do to be a part of the the part of the, to sit at the, you know, the, the, the cool table, you know, it's like, it's like, but they were all more interested in networking with each other and all more worried about their own position and their own advancement. And I was kicked to the curb. And I I can just remember these different times in Christianity. It's like, okay, so I don't get to fit in unless I, I got to go along to get along. And then I can, I can be a part of the, I can be a part of the group. And that's like, that's not, when Christianity turns into that, this almost a a political organization, a and I don't even like to use the word politics, but you understand what I mean by that. That there's there's a there's the there's, like in politics, you've got to put on an image and you got to play along with your party, and it's like I I don't do that. And it, this show, even though it's a secular show, here here they're setting up the dramatic conflict. Here's this nun. Who's she going to be loyal to? The cardinal. The church, and she's like, no, I'm going to be loyal to God. I'm going to be faithful to God. And I will argue that sometimes loyalty and faithfulness to God puts you in conflict with Christians, puts you in conflict with the church, puts you in conflict with Christianity at large. And that is a weird place to be in. Now, I'm not saying that that we run around and I'm not, I'm not arguing for not being submissive. I'm not arguing for not being trying to be obedient. I mean, obviously there's a time we are, we are called to be submissive. We are to submit to those leaders that are placed over us. We're to handle ourselves in a godly way. I'm not calling for full-blown rebellion and everyone does what is right in their own eyes. I'm just saying that sometimes when you look at Christianity and you look at the, the way it 
there, there's a way you have to talk. There's a way you have to act. And if you go against that, I'm sorry. You either conform or you're cast out. I, I mean, I, I've said it before. I would not fit in in 99% of the churches that, that I, even, even friends who go to certain churches, if I went to those churches, I would not fit in. I would not be able to go along with what, they just all sit back and go, well, this is just the way we do things. And I'll be like, no, it's, it shouldn't be the way we do things. It, it, that's not the correct way. And I know the average Christian is like, well, what do you do? What do you do? I, I, I don't have, I, I, I stated it before. If I was not a pastor, I do not know what I would do. I do. I truly don't know what I would do. I, I think I, I would find myself in conflict over and over and over with churches. And I think there are many Christians who feel the same way. And sadly, those are the people, I think, I think, that's, I think that makes up most of the audience uh, for the Theology Central podcast are those who feel uh, they don't feel at home in the church, which is really weird. I think those who, who, who kind of go along with the, 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 the Christian party line, they don't like me. Because, all, I mean, if you look at my history, my conflict has always been with Christians. I usually end up in more conflict with Christians than I do with people not, not Christians, which is a, that's a bizarre way. Uh, that's a bizarre place to be in. But Warrior Nun really captured this, this, this idea. Here's the church, and it's political and power and focused. And thank goodness there's at least one character in the show who's like, no, I'm going to try to be faithful to God. Now, how far are they going to carry that out? Are they going to, I don't even know if they're going to explore that theme in the narrative moving forward. I don't know if they are. I know for me, I want to explore that theme a million different ways. I, I mean, I am, I am so consumed with that theme that I, I, I may have to find different ways to explore it in, in future podcasts and moving forward because it's, it's a fascinating concept to me. And I don't know, I don't know if the, in the episodes to come, are they, are, are they going to move, how they're going to move this forward. The narrative is really set up in Warrior Nun, which is interesting. The protagonist, she's really outside of the church. And, and there are those inside the church who basically wants her dead. They don't like the protagonist. Even though it seems in some divine way, she's been chosen. And she's in a sense, the, she's the unbeliever. She's the, She's the quote unquote stone, the heathen female. She's not the righteous one, but she's somehow been chosen for this divine purpose. And those inside the church are not even willing to show grace, mercy, or try to, try to help her. They just want her removed. They want her silenced and, and some want her dead, which is just, again, shows what, what, what those who are trying to trying to look at it, well, maybe this is the person God wants. Let's help her. Let's support her. Let's show grace. This is, this is a journey. Let's walk her through this journey. They're in conflict with the church. So are they going to be faithful to God or be faithful to the, to the church? Which path are they going to follow? In a roundabout way, this is crazy. Does this episode, I know there's a, a major emphasis on science has the gate to what they believe is heaven. And the church is saying, no, the gate to heaven is a straight gate. It's a narrow way. You're going to have to follow us. What, what I think is interesting, and I, and I don't think this is explicit in the storytelling, but it's almost implied Is, is, is faithfulness to the church, is faithfulness to the church, is loyalty to the church literally going to lead you to the path of destruction where what the true path is a faithfulness and loyalty to God. Now, I know, now listen, you got to be very careful here because obviously this is a secular show and it can lead to an, it can lead to an attitude of and which this this attitude was pre prevalent in the 1960s and the early 70s, um, where a lot of people was like, Jesus, yes, the church, no. And clearly, Jesus loves the church, died for the church, is building the church. So clearly, the church is the bride of Christ. Clearly, the church is important. But there are times it just feels like loyalty to Christianity or the church. And, in, and I'm saying in general, there's always exceptions. There's always good churches I, good situations. I'm just speaking in general. 
There are times where it feels like loyalty to the church, loyalty to quote-unquote Christianity at large, almost leads you to destruction of having a meaningful faith and a meaningful pursuit of truth. So I I just, I know I have experienced this in my Christian life. I I guess I will say this is why this episode was powerful to me is I've experienced this. Loyalty to us, surrender to us, submit to us, do what we tell you. And hey, then you'll get this, 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 and this. But if you don't do what we say, if you don't go along with what we say, talk, think, act, submit, then you're done. You're finished. You're cast out. And and you see this as a pastor, because in some cases, this is what you get. You're trying to be faithful to the scriptures and loyal, loyal to God. Now, I'm not saying, you know, as that, you know, pastors are perfect. They're sinners too. I'm not saying that. But sometimes you end up in this conflict where you've got the people in the church who basically say, you do what we want. You do what our, we, you follow what we what want. You do what we want. If you don't, then you're finished and you're done. So do you have to be loyal to the demands of the people? to the organization, to the structure, or do you be loyal or are you loyal to God? Where's your loyalties? What are you committed to? I think uh, within religion, this is a constant struggle. And in Warrior Nun, even though it's a secular show, they're, they're, I do like the fact that they're not just trying to demonstrate, hey, all the religious people in this show are evil. They're trying to show that some are trying to do the right thing. Now, we'll see if they're trying to do the right thing. We're going to see. We're gonna, because there is a danger within Christianity of becoming so individualistic that all, that all you care about is, is you're pursuing really your own self-pursuits and you're arguing that that puts you in conflict with the church. Look, if the church is right when it comes to scripture and right when it comes to doctrine, it doesn't mean that if you don't like it, you're in conflict with the church. No, you're in conflict with God. Right, And you can't just make, well, the church says this is, I don't, I don't believe that. I'm going to do what I want. No, the key is figuring out what the scriptures actually teach. So it's this weird dynamic. And I, I thought it was interesting. And I wanted to at least explore it a little bit. If you watch it, I mean, you may, you may see this conflict developing in the narrative. You may not. Again, I'm not, I'm not telling you to watch the show. The show got positive reviews. It's already been approved, I think, for season two. Um, I don't know how popular it is on Netflix. I've seen article after article after article written about it. So it has a theological foundation to it. So I think it it means it needs to be discussed. And so I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention. This, um, I'll just stop right there. I'll stop right there. I think I've I've tried to analyze that to the best of my ability. But I'll stop right there because I think it's an interesting theme and you'll see how it plays out. So. For the currently on podcast listeners, currently on Netflix is the, is the TV series Warrior Nun, the web-based TV series, I think is how it's described in some articles. Uh, the TV series on Netflix is Warrior Nun, episode five. The title is Matthew seven thirteen. It has theology all over it, has the Bible all over it. I think there's plenty there to watch, plenty to analyze. Remember, it's rated TV mature. It does have violence. It does have language. And it does have some sexuality, even though it hasn't been explicit. Again, it's still TV mature, so that could change at any point, obviously, in the show. We'll see. It's a young adult drama based off a comic book. Um, It's got uh, a lot of things you would expect in a young adult drama. It's got uh, violence. It's got action. It's got demons that even though are a little too comic bookish for my uh, taste, you, you can draw your own conclusion. For the Theology Central uh, podcast listeners, here's a show on Netflix that's not religious per se. In other words, it's not a, a religious show. It's a secular show, but it has theology central to it. And if you look at it from a theological perspective, I think you can offer an analysis to it. Here's what I would tell you. Even if you don't watch the show, be aware of the show. And then when other people you know are talking about it and get get them talking about doctrine and theology, get them talking about those scriptures that each each episode is named after. Ask them if they've read those scriptures. What do they think about those scriptures? I mean, when the world hands you a show with religion all over it, 
Use it. Don't just don't use it as an opportunity to go, well, you know, they got that wrong and they got that wrong and they got that wrong and that's not biblical and that's not biblical. Don't do that. Just say, oh, so what do you get them? Now you're getting them talking about spiritual and theological concepts. Use that. Engage in that conversation. It may be the it may be the the one the one of the it may be a very, one of the very rare times one of the one of the very few times that sometimes your friends who are not Christians who are not religious may want to engage in a religious conversation. Don't waste it. Use it. Okay. Take advantage of it. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to this kind of special live broadcast of the Theology Central podcast and the Currently On podcast. There are some themes there that I would like to explore some more, but you can tell me. If you, if you have watched Warrior Nun and you've got any analysis, please share it with me. Uh, uh, I was going to say www. No, email me at newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Give me your analysis. Give me your thoughts. Give me your feelings about it. I just think it's an interesting uh it's an, it's an interesting conflict that they added into the show, and uh, I'm interested to see where they take it. They may not explore it the, to the way that I would want them to. In fact, I'm almost positive they won't, um, but if they do, I'll be well pleased. I, I, now, obviously, they're not going to explore this in a truly biblical way. They're not going to explore this in a way that I would agree with theologically, but it'll be interesting to see how they take this. There's all these conflicts in the show. And uh, it's interesting to see how they develop. All right, I'll stop right there. Everyone, thank you for listening to this special live broadcast. All right, for the currently on podcast uh, listeners, hey, go find something to watch. Let's talk about it. Let's analyze it. Let's think about it. Theology Central uh, podcast listeners, theology is central to everything we do. And you need to learn to see uh, and view the world from a theological perspective. God bless.